Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Please be seated. First off, before I begin, I would like to introduce myself and my wife. I am Deacon Scott Green, and that's my beautiful wife, Meryl. We are currently in formation at Neshota House Theological Seminary, which is the same place that Father Lawrence recently just graduated from. Um, me, and Fa- me and Father Lawrence are, are really good friends, so he invited me here to uh, open up the word with you. I'm very thankful for that. This morning, before uh, I would like to begin by asking a question. What is the point of the Christian life? Is, it, is the goal of the Christian life to gain eternal life? Is the goal of the Christian life to have fire insurance? Meaning, you don't want to go to hell? Is the goal to be around a group of like-minded friends and family that love you, that you get to see every Sunday? By living the Christian life, are you expecting God to bless you materially or um, keep you from health problems? Why are you a Christian? I think Peter in today's gospel reading was struggling with the same issue. He thought that following Christ was going to be this glorious event where Jesus would overthrow the Roman Empire and he would get to reign with God's Messiah. He was not the only one that wanted this. Most of the disciples had a hard time understanding Jesus' real purpose. They were only after God's blessings for Israel. I know that growing up I struggled with this same issue. Why did I want to become a Christian? Besides making my dad happy, um, he was a pastor, um, I just didn't want to go to hell. It wasn't that I loved Jesus, I just was scared of hell. Peter and I were both trying to save our own soul, not by losing it as Jesus asks in this morning's gospel, but instead we were just trying to give up just enough so that we would have the rewards of following Christ without having to do anything too difficult. I believe that the goal of the Christian life is to conform ourselves to the image of Christ. Everything else will proceed from that. We are to become like Jesus. This is the point of Christianity. By definition, the word Christian means one who is like Christ. Through following Jesus, we can love and glorify God, love our neighbors, find hope and joy, and gain salvation. So now that we know that the goal of the Christian life is to become like Christ, how do we do that? How do we fulfill our purpose? I'm glad you asked. I think Jesus breaks this process down into three steps um, on how to become more like him. First, Jesus tells us to deny ourselves. When I think of denying myself, the first image that comes to my mind is having to limit myself in in some area of my life so that I can become more holy. Areas such as food or Facebook. Um, In my mind, by denying myself external things, I could become more like Christ. However, looking into this passage, I, I don't think that this is what Jesus is saying here. He is not asking us to deny ourselves external things. He's not asking us to deny for the sake of denying. I think that has a place, but this isn't what Jesus is talking about here. Actually, 
Jesus was accused of being a glutton and drunkard because he specifically didn't do those things like the Pharisees did in his earthly ministry. He had times where he would fast, but he didn't have, his overall ministry wasn't just about denying um, yourself external things. Plus, if we had to rely on self-denial for, um, by relying on that, then how would we know how much was enough to get into heaven? This isn't what Jesus is saying at all here. So what is Jesus talking about? He is speaking about denying ourselves, everything about us. We are to say no to ourselves and yes to God. We are to deny the impulses that rule our own life. We can see how Peter was struggling with this issue. He was not denying himself for the things of God, but instead of thinking of himself and the things of man. Peter was trying to deny God's plan and replace it with his own. Peter needed to turn the will of his life over to God's hands. We need to admit that we have made a mess of life and are trying to by running things on our own. We have to empty ourselves of our imposed self-worth and let Jesus fill us with actual worth from our Creator, who knows our worth a lot better than us. We want Jesus to take over our lives. We have to deny ourselves completely. And by doing this, we can move on to the next step, which is to take up our cross. Remember that the cross is an instrument primarily of death and not suffering. People were crucified because they were sentenced to death, not because they were just going to suffer. Jesus is making a radical command here, asking us to die with him. Jesus is not asking us to suffer with him, but, but, by ask, but by asking us to give our whole range of experiences to him, in, including in that is suffering, which is very much a part of the Christian journey. But through dying to ourselves, Christ can redeem our whole life by including our suffering, because we are not the one suffering, but Christ is. While we are on the topic of suffering, we need to make sure that Christ is the one that is suffering in us and not us trying to do everything on our own. I have found that humans can turn suffering for Christ, which is a great thing that is essential to the, to the Christian journey, into selfish and self-serving ways that we can look holier than the next person. If we have not denied ourselves, then we think that suffering is all about us. We, tain, we turn suffering into a topic for us to brag about how much we have given for Christ. We would rather take Jesus off the cross and climb up on his place so that everyone can see us suffering and feel superior about how religious we are. I know that I have fallen into this trap, especially lately. This summer has been particularly difficult um, in my Christian journey, and I've been sharing with Father Lawrence we still talk about daily. And, you know, just laying my burdens down to him. Um, after he um, has been walking with me all summer, hearing my struggles, he told me that sometimes we just have to get out of the way and suffer in silence because life's not always about us. I realized that I was turning my sufferings into a spectacle about me. I was begrudgingly taking my cross and making sure that everyone could see me stumble by. 
If I had followed the first step of denying myself, I would have been able to carry my cross without making it all about me. Also notice that we are the ones that have to take up our cross. God cannot force us to take up our cross. If we never take up our cross, it'll just sit there and we'll never progress the cause of Christ. Our cross is our willing act of dying to ourselves for the kingdom of God, just as Jesus did in his earthly ministry. In Luke's account of this event, he says, take up your cross daily. We have to daily decide that we need to take the back seat of our life and to follow God's will. This, in contrast, this is contrasted with anything that is given to us by God or by circumstances. If you have something negative in your life, this is not your cross to bear, which is kind of how we like to use that phrase. Nothing external to us is our cross. We have our taking up our cross is us moving forward with Christ and doing what needs to be done and, and what we see that needs to be done. Most likely, most people have thorns in the flesh, which Paul says, and this is something different than the willingly, than the willful giving up of ourselves that carrying our cross implies. Lastly, the final command is then to simply follow Jesus. The only problem is that following Jesus is not that simple. So far, we have denied our right to lead our own life, and we have picked up our cross and chosen to die to Christ. Now, all that's left is to actually follow him, to actually live like Christ did, to take the first step to live like Christ. I believe that our readings in Romans 12 this morning gives a very detailed way to live like Christ. We are told to let love be genuine, to hate what is evil, outdo one another in showing honor, bless and do not curse. So pretty much to sum up, live like Jesus did while he was on earth. Through following these commands, by realizing that our life isn't about us, by actually dying to ourselves and allowing Christ and following Christ, we are giving up our life to Christ. Paradoxically, by giving up our life, we are actually gaining true life. We are trading up, so to speak. Not only can we have a fuller life here on earth by following Christ and giving up control to our Creator, we can also be with him forever in the life to come. This is very encouraging. We can give our whole life over to Christ and not have to worry because he will not only give us a fulfilling life in this world, but also in the life to come. I would like to close with a quote from Jim Elliott, a missionary martyr in the 20th century. And it goes like this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for showing us in your word the importance of giving up our empty, unfulfilled lives to you so that we might sanctify every aspect of our life and we may gain true abundance of life through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.